That's right. Oh, let me put it on the right theme music because I would have been playing this one. Oh, can't even hit that right. And that is now theme music. But this one is. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. Another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. We're back. Uh, yeah, baby. You know, last week. Yeah, we're back. We're back. Tony's back. Uh, you know, last week just got a little backed up. Uh, Tony had um, Tony had ultimate. What what the doctor had never called this before. He called it ultimate diarrhea. I that was a new term that I heard. Um, but his doctor called me for some reason. I don't know. He called me on Discord and he said, "Hey, your friend Tony." He's fine. We just wanted to laugh at him and say he had ultimate diarrhea. So, Tony, you, you appear to be at least healthy. Uh, the front of you appears to be healthy anyways. This is true. Can't you see how much weight I've lost? It, it yeah. has some side yeah. effects, but it has some positive signs, kind of like COVID. Like, now we don't yeah, have COVID. to look at people in the face. Well, if you're a Democrat, anyway. And you get and you get the immunities, uh, and you get the hippo and stuff if you get the COVID or whatever. I think they said so. You got that gone for you too. Um, but, but no, Rona, just good old fashioned diarrhea. Gotta love that. Good old fashioned diarrhea and losing your voice—two related problems <laughs> that happen quite often. Hey, it was um, so it, that's it why was we two of the th- four holes because each no- <laughs> each nostril is a hole. Yeah. Isn't that your oh, eyes are a hole than, of some kind, right? Do our eyes count as a hole? No, because all right, ears. You can ear. You can. You can do. Do you ears. have to be able to? Do you have to be able to fuck it for it to be a hole? Is that is that the rule? Ooh. So this is a question. Then a nose doesn't count. This Ooh. was. This did not appear in the mail keg, guys. I'm sorry. It's just an independent question. Yeah, independent question to Discord. Is it a hole mm. if you can't fuck it? That that mm. is the ultimate Japanese proverb. It's like um, if a tree <laughs> falls in the wood and nobody's around to hear yeah. it, did it actually make a sound? If nobody, nobody's trying sound to put one their hand dick clapping? in it, it doesn't. It doesn't count. You know, it's just a normal. You know, what's the point, really? Um, it, and and to be honest, that, that might be true. It seems like yeah, people are putting their dicks into all kinds of stuff these days. Um. Tony, we got some big news here. I, I wanted to throw this out at you. This is big non-beer related news, or well, kind of tangentially beer related. People will get drunk at this, I presume. Well, this um, is when this was going to come up, and I was aware that this was going to come up. I did actually want to mention this because we will get into it um, in actual fact. But yes, there are alcohol sponsors, but it's perhaps not the crowd you were thinking about. So go ahead and talk about what you want to talk about, and then I'll talk about it from my beer perspective with it. All right, so Tony, you're going to have to find your way back to the states uh, sooner than later because there's going to be a Formula One race here in Las Vegas. It sounds like they're going to try to add it starting in the end of 2023. Correct. Would be my guess. That's that's what um, I've heard. Not that I know anything more than the average person. That's right. 
just an average person with yep. ultimate diarrhea. Everything they would know is the same that we know. Um, but you do sort of so, pick up ESP with ultimate diarrhea. It's another one of these bonus <laughs> side effects that you get. ESP of the ass. My ass can. It's like it's like the dead zone, uh, Christopher Walken, but for your ass. Um, the uh, the um, okay. So there's a street circuit that they're centering on, and it would be. Uh, obviously near the Vegas Strip or on the Vegas Strip, close to the Bellagio. That makes sense. Um, uh, so, yeah, sounds like we're getting some kind of, of this thing. I, I suspect this will draw a lot of people. This yes. sounds like something that a lot of people will show up to. And a lot of people um, internationally nope. and within continental United States because we've seen an uptick in the recent years. Formula One was basically an unheard of motorsport within mm-hmm. the US um, going back five years because um, the sort of effort to get into America hadn't been successful. They had a failed race at Indianapolis and mm. it wasn't until Austin grained a foothold that we got Formula One fans in America and then on the back of Netflix and Drive to Survive, we're really seeing an uptick in the local US population wanting to see F1. But you will get international visitors. F1 is a European-centric sport but is also popular within South America and Asia, specifically Japan, Australia, uh, Malaysia, are uh, all places where the sport is popular. So... Yes, there sure. will be a big influx of overseas visitors along with um, US visitors, that's for sure. So it won't be your NASCAR crowd. It won't be Southern American visitors. And we get sure. that too. So, um, yeah. that's, uh, so uh, the 2021 US Grand Prix drew 400,000 spectators to, oh, that was the Austin race. Yep, over three um, days. Last year. So then we got the Miami race coming in. Yep. And we got the Vegas and we got the Austin. All right. Um, I think that covers pretty good ground. Now, on the plus side, Las Vegas can easily handle this many people. Yes. We, we shouldn't have too much trouble with 400,000. Uh, I mean, obviously, we busy, but Lord knows how many people were here last fucking weekend for the damn tournament. So, uh, yeah. Tony, are you going to try to are you going to try to show up for this? Or are you going to wait a couple of years? What's your, no. What do you think? Look, I, I think. Maybe I could get some free accommodation. I don't know anybody that lives in Vegas, perhaps, if I'm yeah. coming internationally, or at least I can get some bargain accommodation off somebody. I think, I think that's the easy part. We can we can get you put up. I'm not worried about that. That's okay. easy. I can get um, plane tickets. The, uh, yeah, the, the plane ticket part is the part I'm worried about. Now, I mean, if it fills up for the race, I, you know, and the hotels will be expensive, I presume. So, yeah. you, you no. know, you've always, we've always got, we've, we'll find, we'll find a, uh, We'll find a Seagull Suites or a Sportsman's Manor type joint for you to for you to bunk up at. But uh, yeah, um, the plane ticket—that's the hard part. That's long. I mean, that's a long trip. It is, but I've I've done the trip before, and I'm I'm a good or oh, four inches narrower than I used to be. So squeezing mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. one of those plane seats should be a bit easier these days. Um, so right. I'm not particularly worried about that. I'm excited about it. The F1 crowd, as I said to you, is is dramatically different to a NASCAR fan. Not to say that there isn't crossover, but the beer drinking side of things, beer and alcohol sponsorship has always been a part of F1. It's still a part of F1. Tobacco sponsorship used to be a huge part of it. That's been banned, same as NASCAR. But the beer sponsors they've had in Formula 1 tend to be Heineken, um, mm. Is their marquee one? It used to be Foster's. Tends to be European beer brands. 
Um, and I think the official beer at the Australian Grand Prix will again be Heineken this year. So mm. I won't be partaking when I head to the Friday practice session in Australia uh, because beer prices are too high. Not to say that drinking doesn't take place, but it takes place more on the scale of any big event rather than sort of right. getting drunk for four hours at a NASCAR event. The races I mean, don't the, go the for Indy, four hours. So The Indy 500 is famously one of the drunkest things on earth, I mean. Yes, but that's not. I mean, that's a whole other set of cars. But yeah, yeah, because the Indy Five Hundred, a lot of locals go to that, and they don't even see right. a car turn a wheel. And not to right. say they that just that, go to the pace, yeah, or they just go to the pit or whatever. Yeah, and not to say that that doesn't happen in Formula One. But the people that tend to do that in Formula One are there to be seen, so they're going to marquee events through big corporate sponsors. This is a sure. multi-billion-dollar industry with big sponsors um, with high fashion brands. One of the teams, Aston Martin, is owned by the guy that created Tommy Hilfiger. He's, sure. he's Mr. Tommy Hilfiger. Um, so th- it's a different crowd to the Indy 500, which is a lot of people from Indiana and those parts of the world that go mm-hmm. there, get drunk, and don't actually know anything about racing. I'd say 60% of the Formula One crowd are well-versed in the sport itself. The other 40% go for the event. And I think in Indy that is at least inverted. Probably 20% of people that turn up to the Indy 500 actually know the sport in detail. 30% are casual fans and the rest turn up because it's an event. I'll be turning up at this because it's an event. I really don't. Uh, maybe, Maybe this will be the thing that gets me into it is seeing this because then I'll, then I'll have something to latch on to, but well, um, have you actually put on drive to survive on Netflix? No, I would recommend at least the first season after that, it becomes a bit trite, but it's a great way to sort of get involved in the, um, all the great parts of formula one without the tedium Mm. because they condense a whole season down into 10 half hour episodes. So you miss out on, on any of the boring stuff, just gets to the good stuff, and they put together a narrative that isn't just date to date. They they get a story right. arc going, and it really is quite compelling. And that's how the, I know the people you, seem much more <clears throat> much more interesting than NASCAR, at yes. least the yep. personalities and the and the sort of the some of the. The aspects of driving seem kind of more interesting to me. But, yeah, and it's not just about um, driving. It's a, it's about the technology and more about the politics of the sport. There's a lot of right. political manoeuvring where Ferrari are the big gorillas as far as politics go, but they kind of underachieve. They've been in the sport every single year. And then you've got Mercedes, who are the big corporation that are actually quite good. And then you've got this outside influence that's also great, but has nothing to do with the motor industry in Red Bull. So, yeah, everybody has their own way of working, and then you can get into the technical side with the aero parts, and that's much more fascinating than NASCAR, which is prescriptive, and you see no innovation. These guys try to innovate around the rules that they're given and it's 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 my sport if i was to say what are my key sports it would go formula one nba then uh aussie rules they would be my top three followed by cycling as an honorable mention um so it is my sport um anytime i get an opportunity to go to a race whether it be here in melbourne excited it's back 
or travelling to a venue where I can catch up with people that I know, I'll definitely be doing that. Mm. When is the Melbourne race? Uh, Melbourne race is, let me look at my calendar, because I have tickets this year for the Friday session. That is April the 8th, Friday, April the mm. 8th through... <clears throat> two weeks. Yep, through the 10th. Right? Yep. Yep. Whoops. Yes, so... Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. I'm very excited about attending that race, so... That's it- exciting. Yeah. We got we well we got exciting sports here, Tony, because baseball is coming back. One of my favorite <clears throat> sports. You said that to, uh, such not enthusiasm pay, to, to not pay attention to. <laughs> yeah, those guys all signed or whatever happened. It happened in the last two weeks, and they're back doing baseball now. The good thing is, uh, I will go to a game because I like going to the Aviators games because <laughs> you can park for free at the casino and walk across to their big, beautiful ballpark, which has a bunch of tasty beer and food. It has border grill. It has border grill food at the damn ballpark, dude. It's Where crazy. is the ballpark? Up in Summerlin by the Red Rock Casino. Okay. Um, so it's not too close to where I live, but it's no. uh, not too far either. I can I can plug in and charge up my car while the game happens. That's cool. You know, not too bad. But I really don't care. Tony, I'm not sure... Just, do you? You're not really a baseball person, right? You're not watching that. I tried to get into it, but no, I'm not a baseball person yeah. at all. Um, yeah, I neither. find it's kind of like cricket, where I enjoy a stat as much as the next man. But when you are just purely making sure. it about stats, it becomes right. like D and D for like jocks. <laughs> yeah, no, there is a little bit of that. Yeah, we're all sitting around talking about warp. Or whatever. Vorp. Maybe it's Vorp. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I actually tried to play fantasy baseball one year, and it was an ultimate hell. I mean, it just never... I, I like I play fantasy hockey, which is already enough, like, cultivating. But fantasy baseball is a goddamn slog, man. Um, you got to be nuts. You got to be really into it to, to do that. Now, Brian, our buddy Brian, you know him. Now, he's a big baseball better, so he was getting anxious that he was going to have to find some other kind of... Uh, sport to bet on. Oh no! Without having a a ball game to bet on every day and sweat out at two p.m. from his office, but uh, looks like he's going to have the opportunity again to uh, to be worried about the total in the Royals uh, Royals uh, Mets game or something uh, in the middle of ju- of June when yeah, it's one hundred and fourteen degrees. That is the only way I could follow it if I had money riding on it. But even then. Wouldn't it be more interesting to bet on a horse or a greyhound at that point? Like, I have uh, no greyhounds you can't do anymore, but yes. I, <laughs> How do you do I, greyhounds I in America? Uh, we don't do them. I mean, you, I don't think you can anymore. I, I think there's only a couple tracks still. I think there may be – because they, they even banned it in fucking Florida, dude. I mean, uh, Florida, you can do anything. You can bet like that on people when they play high they play high lie or whatever. But – um. Yeah, no, the dog tracks are getting shut up, shut down. Because I've got a greyhound track literally fourteen minutes down the road from me. People like dogs here, Tony. They 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 love their little puppers and doggos or whatever. So I guess racing them they don't like so much. But I don't think I don't think dog racing is inherently abusive. I think it's just the way we well whatever we do is probably bad. I wouldn't necessarily say that because we had uh, big inquiries into um, 
our greyhound racing industry and there were trainers that were doing some very unethical things. I think oh, it goes yeah, no, anywhere I'm with there are people doing it. I don't think it has to be. I don't think you I don't yeah. think you have to abuse the dog for the no. dog to race other dogs. I don't doesn't seem like that's absolutely <laughs> dependency a dependency you'd have to have, but um uh but that's just how we are. People are shitty, so Yes. Of course we can't we can't really have have that. Yeah, I always liked betting on it because there really is there never feels like a rhyme or reason to it. It's just no. like they're just I mean, they're all the same. Uh you might as well just bet some like middle odds, you know. Absolutely. And be like, all right, let's see what happens. You know, I don't know. And and that's what a buddy of mine did. My buddy hit a trifecta, like a two dollar bet paid like three seventy or something like that with the dog. So it's like this is crazy. We used to go to this dog track. I mean, my dad used to go by his place in uh, Naples there in Florida. And uh, it was like a dollar to get in. Uh, and the beers were a buck or two. And there was, a, there was a card room. So you could sit and play blackjack in this little sad card room in the dog track. <laughs> by sad, I mean excellent. It was very good. So Yeah, I, I was anymore, just I'll looking at dog racing in America, and it appears to be – only one active state, and that's West Virginia, that will be having dog racing. Um, still very active in Australia. My um, The guy building our new bathroom, um, he mm. is a – that's one of his hobbies. And you've been in there a lot. <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> and that's one of his hobbies, and he's actually bought um, air conditioning for his shed to keep his dogs nah. air-conditioned, to make sure that his two greyhounds are kept in tip-top Don't condition. overheat. Yeah, that would yeah. be nice, yeah. The uh, West Virginia dog racing, I'm now I'm curious about because uh, I've, I, I, I have friends from West Virginia. I would, I would like to go to West Virginia. It's not... It, it doesn't. It's not a state that has a great reputation these days <laughs> as a nice being a good place, but it is a very beautiful place. I've driven through it. And it is a very, very beautiful place, uh, despite being, you know, for all of its, uh, you know, insane people that live there or are the pol- politicians there, anyways. Well, I can um, yeah, tell you. Yeah, I do some dog tracking. Yeah, what you got? That there are five casinos in oh, yeah. West they Virginia. Oh, yeah. You can gamble there. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Oh, just yeah. wanted to. Um, but it's interesting that they, they call them when they say what type of casino they are, of course. There's the Greenbrier. Um, mm-hmm. but right, of course. The other four are actually racinos, um, which yeah. are racetracks and casinos all in one, which is I find interesting. Our racetracks are separate to our casinos and our slot places are separate to our casinos. Casinos in Australia basically means you have to have table games, otherwise you're just a, a slot joint or a... The way the way gambling is managed in the United States is the best example of why states' rights are dog shit. Um, it's all different everywhere. Uh, you can get fucked forty different ways in these casinos in every state, depending on what they're allowed to do or not allowed to do, or how the gaming's set up. Where some of the gaming, even there's places where I believe even like slot machines have a what I would call the Perry Mutual setup in some weird way where everything is all funded and they pay like uh, based on that or something or other. I don't understand how that works. Um, And then there's, I mean, it's just not good. 
Um, and then some places can have casinos with the race. Some places still have to put the casino over water. <laughs> yep. So you literally have to put a big, not even a boat anymore because they said you don't have to have boats. It has to be a barge that juts out over a river. <laughs> it's so stupid. Such so brain dead. It's it's insane. So at least I live in Vegas where it's a total fucking free for all mostly, except for the sports betting, which is a little bit a little bit weird, but that's all right. Um all right, Tony, last week speaking of speaking of that sports betting, we had the goddamn NCAA tournament here last week and it was like I keep I I am noticing Dude, there was a line for the bathroom at the Cosmo for the dude, the guy's bathroom. It was what? a fucking barstool sports convention here. Oh, it was no. every fucking bro was here last week. Uh, it was miserable out there. Um, I we I had some friends in town. Uh, I, oddly enough, not bros. Uh, Kelly had a, Kelly had a friend that she took her. Uh, fitness classes with back in Chicago. And then I had a, I had a buddy come in that I did drum corps with who does not watch basketball, nor did he even know it was happening. Um, he's like, what the fuck's going on here? I'm like, yeah, yes, it's nuts. You pick um, the worst week. Other than a fight yeah. week, if there's a double fight in Vegas, I think that's probably the worst time to be in Vegas. But I think um, yep. tournament time in Vegas is, is close to the top of like it's, craziness. It was tricky. Although I was surprised, so two, I, I, we were able to find a fifteen dollar table at the Green Valley Ranch. I know that that's not, but yeah, still, I mean, on a Saturday night oh, at okay. GBR on a big weekend, we yep. found a fifteen dollar table. That was okay, and uh, I think we played ten. Oh yeah, I did. We played ten dollar. What at the Main Street Station uh, on Saturday afternoon? Um, that's hard to find during a regular weekend in Vegas these days. Yeah, $10. so we, we mustered up some $10 blackjack at the Main Street, which I was pretty happy about. Um, didn't do great. A lady kept hitting on on like 14 and 15 against a, against a 5 and a 6. I'm like, I, I'm okay. Did uh, you get mad? Very good. Or just internally I, mad? I, I did not get mad. I, you know me. I'm not going to, I'm too big of a pussy. I'm not going to yell at some old lady at a blackjack table. I, I know what I'm getting into if I'm gambling at the main street station. I, I should, I should know better, but, um, yeah. So, so that was, that was one thing. Um, it was just a lot of fucking people here. It was totally nuts. So I'm, I'm hoping this weekend it's a little, little more chill, but, but it was wild. Do not do. You know what? If you're going to come here that weekend, you got to be prepared. I would have yourself like a reservation or something at a sports book. If you actually want to watch games, you need to like cough up the 750 bucks to plop down at a space at the at the whatever. Um, you know, I don't know what 750 will get you. Excalibur, <laughs> whatever. You know, I don't, I don't is know. that really what it sort of comes down to during? March Madness is you do have to book space because they're that crowded or it's, it's you know I got to watch the Friday game through the Illini uh, who are already out by the way but I got they won Friday and I got to so I watched them Friday and it was just pure luck that we snuck seats at a random bar in Aria um, and Lord help me I made $40 last for two and a half hours nice, I don't know how great. that happened at, a, at an MGM casino but and I got comp drinks so that was all right so whatever um 
but uh, I, I, oh, I got to tell that story too. The guy sitting next to me, Tony, um, at that uh, hit, he was playing 50 cent video poker, you know, so 250 um, yep. max play. And he, uh, he hit four, four deuces with a kicker, I think, four twos with a kicker. Uh, so what's that pay? A thousand dollars, right? So that's nice a play. that's a five hundred. Uh, so you got a thousand bucks, and uh, bartender comes over and he's like, "Hey, you want another drink? What'd you hit?" And he's like, "Oh, I just got four twos and a kicker. Don't worry, I'll tip you twenty dollars." And I was like, looking at the guy, I'm like, "Fucking dude, twenty dollars? You just got a thousand. You gotta you gotta hit him. You gotta hit him with at least fifty or a hundred, I think, Tony. When you catch a when you catch a catch a big one." Really? Why? Yeah. But this is the question I always ask because we don't have tipping around our gambling in Australia. It's just not a thing that, that happens here. I understand with with blackjack and poker, but why I'd say in a casino in a casino setting like that, maybe fifty is fine. Maybe fifty or seventy five. But if you're at a bar in town, I would usually go a hundred because I don't know. You have more of like a relationship with these guys, you know, or with the bartenders and they're feeding you. Usually they'll comp everything. If you do that, I comp your food, everything like that. Um, Not to mention this guy had been there for maybe an hour, hour and a half. So he'd been, he'd been fed a few drinks. Um, It just sort of balances out the universe a little bit, right? Cause you tend to be tipping a buck or two while you're sitting there and, and gambling for free and losing. So, you kind of even even the score a little bit with the with paying out when you get the jackpots. I don't know. That's 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 sort of what I what I've picked up here. I think at a casino you could get away with fifty, but bragging, saying you're going to tip twenty bucks, and then like pat, saying it in such a way that you're patting yourself on the back is maybe the part where I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I I get that. But my sort of question is, and and you answered it, but what service are, are those? people actually providing to you in regards to um, like when you're physically dealing, I never got this around um, sports betting either, why you had to tip the people at the window because they're not physically doing anything for you. Like a blackjack dealer is like a poker dealer is like a roulette croupier. It's it's mostly that the, um, the, we, everything sucks here. So I think uh, that's part of it. Um, just, you know, we probably shouldn't have a culture that has to tip, but that's just sort of where we're at. Um, it's a service industry thing. I don't know. That one, I can't explain the sports book one. I just go to the kiosk I, I'm, or I bet on my phone. That's pretty much my, my moves. I don't have to tip the kiosk. That's easy. Yeah, but like what is is that person actually providing to you that they shouldn't be getting a wage for. And I know we can get into the whole thing around wages, but what are they actually doing to facilitate your experience? Because, like, your interaction is literally 20 seconds. They're giving you booze and they make a good drink or they make it stronger or something like that, right? Yeah. The guy we we were sitting by was making some fun cocktails and comping them out, uh, which I was supporting. So that's kind of what mostly I was like, just... Give him a 50, dude. It's fine. Plus, he got such a lucky pull, man. It, he, like, kept, he kept like, the two twos and got the kicker and both twos out. I'm like, bro, give me <laughs> some of that money. I don't know. Whatever. That's fine. Good for him. I sat next to a lot of winners this week. I had another guy who caught, like, a seven spot on Keno that I was sitting next to. I'm like, fuckers. What about me? Come on. 
And who do you tip um, in Kino? Yes, that's just a screen, isn't it? Or do you have the waitress? No, he was playing at the he was playing at the video poker machines, the Kino, where you actually pick the different numbers and stuff. It's probably it's just the same. It's not. It doesn't show the Kino. It, Tony, you know that the Kino that's happening on that little screen in front of you when they're playing it at the bar isn't the same as the one that's happening on the screen in the in oh. the Kino lounge, right? No, that's different. These are this is like instantaneous Kino. The one that's happening with the papers and stuff is different Kino. That's like the casino Kino. That's a different. That's a different thing. Very confusing. Got to say. Yeah, there's a lot of different Kinos being being shot around. I I am not a Kino player. We only sadly, have two so. Kinos in Australia. We have one at our Tetzlotto agency, and then we have one in our pubs and clubs, and that's that's it. Bro, you can play Kino at the grocery store here if you want. It's fine. Go for it. <laughs> have you done that? Uh, I have not gambled at the grocery store yet. Do you that's think a, our friend a, Brian has? Hmm. I actually, I'm not sure. He doesn't really like the video games, so i i wouldn't i would I would be surprised if he had. Honestly, yep, um, I agree. The uh, you know, I have I have friends like parents who gamble at the grocery store, and it's it's mostly because it's something to do for 20 minutes before like your whatever your wife thinks you're gone for too long, uh, for example, or it's something to do for like uh, I think it's. Um, I think it's if you don't want to walk around the grocery store and maybe your kid or your your wife or husband is going to go uh, walk around the grocery store, you'll just plop yourself in front of the uh, machine. I mean, there's this brand new like Whole Foods level grocery store that's got built by here. It has a pristine slot room. It's <laughs> nice. All right. Whatever. Uh, kind of crazy. All right, Tony, why don't we move into the Discord part of the show? Let's move into the Discord. Disc- Run that That's right. back by me because it's been a few weeks. Discord. That is the segment mm-hmm. we're moving to. All right, Tony. Uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks here. Um, what do we have here? Uh, oh, uh, Molson Coors. This is some big time news from uh, oh, it's this hyper milk nerd dork shit news from our friend. Uh, from our friend Corey, which is that Molson Coors is launching some barley milk. Um, it's it's milk. It's milk news. Um, this is uh, some barley milk, golden golden wing barley milk by uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to open this. It's opening Microsoft Edge, Tony. That's very good. That's kind of uh, gross. Uh, Who uses Microsoft uh, Edge? Uh, yeah, I don't use that. At the, uh, oh, no. Coors launches barley milk. Uh, so I guess this is just going to be like, I mean, I don't know how you make barley. Listen to this article. Oh, it's on BevNet. That's cool. And I can't read it. It's on. It's for BevNet and... Bro, this is for BevNet and Nosh insiders only. I'm not a Nosh insider. Anyways, uh, barley milk. How do you okay. make barley milk? I don't, I don't know. I just um, – oh, this popped up and had sons of bitches. This was Business Insider. But what it is, from what I understand, it's an alcohol-free 
product using yeah, no a waste in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from the brewing process to create an alternative milk. So this is like using spent grain. Yes. To make to make milk. Okay. It already All has right. a kombucha brand, so hey, more power to you. Why not milk a um, a group of people that probably take uh, Byron Bay's as a serious show? What's that? Huh? Have you? I know you love your trash on Netflix because you you watch mm-hmm. a lot of trash. Yeah, I've got some Netflix. trash. Sure. Well, there's a new show available called Byron Bay's, and it's an Australian-based reality TV show that takes like all of the shit from around Real Housewives and those kind of shows and adds none of the drama, takes that away. Mm. It's a whole bunch of influences in a really shitty part of Australia. I'm not sure that one came to the U.S. Netflix. That's that's what Look I'm not sure about. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, uh, I'm not, yeah, barley milk. I, I drink some oat milk, Tony. I've had some oat milk. Have you had that? I have not because it's um, higher in sugar than real milk for me, so why not drink the real stuff out of cows mm. or goats or camels? Or See, I, don't, I, don't drink, I really don't drink it. I just use it to make oatmeal. That's really it. Well, um, then just use water. Yeah, but it tastes bad. I don't like just water. I like a little creamy taste in there. Um, all right. Uh, we got some other milk convo happened here. Uh, we're just going to bypass the milk conversation. <laughs> um, Nick Torque, he's planning another brewery call, crawl. Uh, this one, a whole other scale, it sounds like, than what you guys are doing. Yeah. this is. Uh, this he's is not huge. going back to the UK. Fuck that. Uh, he's going to stay there and have uh, a 7,000-kilometer road trip to the Red Centre of Australia. Yep. So where are these places, Tony? Okay, so he's starting off um, heading out of Melbourne around the Horsham Melton. Melton is technically Mm -hmm. a a suburb of of Melbourne, I'd call it, an outer suburb. But then you're heading to places like Ballarat, and then he heads up the road um, into South Australia. That's where your Gulwars and Victor Harbours are, which is the mm. next state heading west from where I live. And then again, you're heading deeper into South Australia on day three um, into the wine region of South Australia, into the McLaren mm. Vale region, which is also like, I suppose, everywhere in the world that, that has a wine region also has a brewing culture with it. And mm. um, there are definitely, I've, I've had a shit ton of stuff from Vale Brewing um, that's available locally. Um, a few of these places look familiar, uh, but the vast majority of them are new to me. I'm familiar with Red Duck, um, uh, Rebellion. I'm familiar with uh, nothing on day two that I, that I know of. And Smiling Samoyed, that's a dog. It's like a dog it is, type. Yes. Samoy is okay. a dog. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to hear what he has to say about these beers. I hope he has some money left with the fuel prices the way they are. He's listed them on his trip at the moment. Um, I doubt the fuel will be that low per litre. So uh, hope he has some beer. Money yeah, left. the gas gas going up here. Uh, uh, you know, whatever. 
<laughs> for everything everything bad about electric cars, I ain't going to the gas station. So I got that going for me. This is true. Patting myself on the back for that. It's like five fifty a gallon here or whatever. Uh, <laughs> there he is. Uh, I normally hit mute. I get, apologize. I'm a bit out of practice. Are you going to get one of those stickers, Tony, that says, you know, I did that with the Joe Joe Brandon on there? I'm not familiar with that. Oh, it's just like Joe, it's, it's Joe Biden pointing at the – he's just pointing, and it says, I did that, and these weirdos have been slapping that on the uh, gas price, the but, gas, uh, the gas, you know, pump where it shows the price there. But why – what did Joe Biden actually do? Like, the, no, I mean, obviously it has nothing. It's just, but it's all you know. It's all this reactionary stuff. You know, everything's everything's tied to whatever. You know, whatever's happening. And like this Brandon thing, you're like you don't like the dude, so just say his fucking name. And why can't you, like even if you don't use the word fuck, like Joe Biden is not a swear. You can use it by saying Brandon. What's Joe? What's Joe Brandon? I don't know. Like, you're not being clever. I'm being clever. They aren't though. Uh, uh, what else we got, Tony? Here in the beer chat uh, side huge. of this, it was going off. Yeah, stuff going on in here. Um, Nick Torque was. He's building a PC. He's building his daughter's gaming PC. Drinking some no carb lager. Mm. Uh, so you said that's not terrible, burly, burly big head. Yeah, this is a beer that's been around for a long time, even before the health trend started. Uh, it's mm. a fine beer that I would rate about three point seven five. It's not outstanding, but it's certainly not terrible. I wouldn't drink it because it's low carb. I'd drink it if it was on special somewhere and and going out the door cheap. But yeah, it's a beer that's been around Australia for I would say eight to ten years. All right. There you go. Hope hope that uh, hope that PC comes together. Looks pretty good. Um, I uh, oh, this was good. So I got this post from the uh, Illinois Indiana Beer Group. Uh, Tony, I, I'm loving for you to react to this question. Why do we consider IPAs quote fresh end quote when uh, when they sit in bright tanks for up to a month before they're canned, bottled, or tapped? Because everything is Tony. relative. Everything is relative. Um, fresh with a cooked product can be a matter of minutes, hours, days, weeks, years. We're talking about fermented liquids. This is a fresh product because it has only sat for a month. We're talking and about... Now, Tony... Yeah. Also, aren't I believe the there is no oxygen in the bright tank, right? Those are correct. those have the uh, yeah. Those have been so that's that's that was sort of my hang up on it was there's really no spoilage, that not a lot of opportunity for oxidation with your hops to be going on in your you know what deoxygenated uh, bright tank there. Yeah. The way I think about fresh is fresh is its expiration date and its peak drinking is relatively short compared to other beers. When we're talking about fresh for beer, we're talking about a beer that once it's packaged is designed to be consumed within that first month. When you're talking about mass market, not not even mass market, but other beers that are not fresh IPAs, I would think they're 
um, peak drinking falls sure. well outside that month. Things like Saison DuPont is not a beer that I would consider right. a, a fresh beer right. because that's a beer that sits for three months at the brewery before it even steps out the door and it's good another nine months later. That's not a fresh beer because relative yep. to a fresh IPA where once it's packaged, because it should be packaged at or near its peak, it needs to be consumed within a relatively short window. That's where the fresh IPA is. It's not about how long it took to brew. It's how long it's at its peak once it's in its package. That's right. And also, I mean, yeah, I, I, Bright Tank, saying Bright Tank beer is not fresh, I really think is, um, you know, the thing is, once it goes in the can, it's been exposed to some level of oxygen, right? I mean, there's, there's no way to seal you know, kegs, kegs, there's some more opportunity for that. But once you put it in the can and you got to put the lid on the can and stuff, there's going to be some sort of air is going to get in there. You've got some opportunity for some kind of spoilage there. Yeah, but, um, it's and hell, if you keep it cold, a non-hazy at least, if you keep it cold, you've got another three, four months, I bet, yeah. most of the time. Yeah, it's, it's not so much about exposure to even oxygen because um, in any packaging stage, even moving from the bright tank to... Um, whatever keg, bottle, okay. can, you're going to introduce some oxygen. But that you oxygen are, yeah. is often going to be scavenged. It's, it's not a matter of oxygen fall off. It's just a matter of when the beer's at its peak because often these things we're, not, we're talking about aren't oxygenation faults. They're, they're hops that, that with the way they use these days don't hold up for more than a month or two. And that's fine. That's why you drink them fresh. That's why they're considered fresh IPAs because – their peak is only four, five, six weeks at max because of the way the hops are used. It's not about oxygen exposure. It's not about packaging, regardless of what form it's in, whether it be bright tank or can. From that point of packaging, when the brewer says it's done, you have a short window to consume it. Don't overthink it. Use that tag. Yeah. I think that's a relatively good tag. In the, I wouldn't worry what's happening in the bright tank. That'd be yeah. not, I would, that, you know, that's not that's not my problem. I would look at the date on the if there's not a date code or it's not if if it's that's that's when I get concerned. But yes, and it depends code, on the you know, the style of beer and and the and the brewery because some when they're talking about fresh IPA, they they're talking three or four months, where others are talking a month or less. And it, right, right. It really, really depends on on the quality control processes and and how they go about it. I don't have a problem with the term. I actually think it's one of the better terms we we have. And it's and it's fresh compared to a lager that can sit for three, four, five months in tanks in the brewing process. And that's what you want it to do too, right? Often you would you need yep. that conditioning to happen, right? And IPA to a degree, I do think a good. Well-made IPA sometimes needs a week or two in the bright tank to Agreed. pull out some of that green grassiness flavor. Veg- because sometimes vegetable, it's, right? A little, a little nasty. You you ain't want that. That's no good. No. Um, and and well, here's what I would say: think of it like the cheese industry. When you're talking about a fresh or a young cheese, you're talking about a cheese that that doesn't hold up well in storage, but it doesn't go right. off within a matter of hours. It, some fresh cheeses can hold up for months, but they're fresh cheeses yeah. compared to three-year-old Reggiano Parmigiana or or five- or 10-year-old te- or um, cheddar that's been designed to be aged. I, I bought some 
three month cheddar or something or 20, 28, 36 months. I don't remember how long ago, how long it was, but it, uh, yesterday and I'm excited to eat it. I, um, I love getting a cheddar at that age, especially when you get the little crystals forming. Oh, yep. so that's good. what I like. Yeah. I've been, I, you know, what's been nice has been being able to go to the store again, like a good store and buy like a decent hunk of parm. I'm not saying I'm buying the highest end fucking parm on earth, but you can get a nice piece of it at Trader Joe's and it's got the little crystals in there that have formed oh. and it's got that nice mustiness to it. Yep. And I'm like, damn, this was only eight bucks for this wedge. That's sweet. You know, yeah. I'm happy about that. Now, can I give you a tip with your palm? You know, the sure. rind that you don't normally eat. Save that. Chuck it in a stock whenever you do. Oh, yeah, I do that, yeah. With boiled water. Chuck it in. Delicious. Kick. I'll throw it into my, uh, I'll throw it into my, like if I'm doing a long simmer on a red sauce, I'll toss in a rind of the parm. It's yep. a nice little add on. Also, yeah, delicious. A good idea. Pan- I never thought about doing it with stock. Yeah. We um, did the uh, pea and ham soup out of Carla, Carla mm. um, Music's book. Um, and, yeah, that's that's a place where I would use the uh, the palm rind with with the ham hock. Be delicious. Be the way to go. Uh, so we got some other beer news from Corey. He had milk news. Now he had beer news. So this is uh, from our game, our friends over at Whiskey Riff. Tony uh, Budweiser launches new Budweiser Supreme. Ooh. Uh, so Budweiser Supreme is an American golden lager that's brewed with honey malt and triple filtered 4.6%. Uh, I'm not sure. I am not sure what that means. So they planned on, they're launching it in Ohio, New York, Washington, DC, central California and West Texas. Uh, now the guy says, I'm not a big honey guy, but by God, it's nice to write about a new alcoholic beverage that doesn't have the words hard or seltzer in it. Now, honey malt, that's not necessarily honey. No, uh, that, 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 I believe that means a color, right? That's yeah. like a, maybe a honey golden color. I would, I would pre- perceive as, I... uh, um, so I guess maybe it has a light sweetness compared to Budweiser, which is likely using, I don't know, pills, malt, like a very light malt and rice and stuff. You know, so I guess there's going to be more of a amber type sweetness to this beer to some degree, maybe. I, I'm just looking at it on the home brewing sites. Um, honey malt, uh, which is um, comes from a German malt house, um, which is um, which is the the times I've had it, I've I've got the German variety. Sure. It comes in at thirty two to fifty. EBC, so that's coming in under a dark grain, like a like a full yeah. roast. But um, it's something that you would see if you're using a combination of, say, pilsner malt and honey malt. You would get yourself somewhere into, say, a, a Martzen, uh, festy sure. kind of territory. So that's I'm what guessing, I would presume what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm guessing it wouldn't be a hundred percent honey malt because that is too dark no. to. Right. actually convert into sugars, but it would be it, – it's heading toward the, towards the more malty style of beer, which we're starting to see a re- reemergence of here in Australia. So I, I'm sort of thinking that this is sort of a, a more malty – compared to Budweiser, this is what I'm talking about, not compared yeah. to any sort sure. of craft beer. This will fall somewhere, I think, in the Sam Adams Boston Lager 
kind of territory, which I know is 100% Vienna malt, but um, this is using honey malt that, that does have some sweetness because it doesn't ferment all the way out in its malt profile. That's right. Um, very good. Did you want so the actual... Like right. I mean, who knows? I don't know. The actual notes on the malt are bread crust, honey, toast, warm cereal, yeah. and toffee. So, yeah. I mean, it sounds like the things you would taste in Meriton or yeah. like a Maybach or something, yeah. you know. And another suitable uh, malt that I know of that would work as a substitute would be biscuit malt because it has mm, true. those yeah. similar tendencies. So, yeah, it's a great marketing right, well, term. If Bud, if, Bud run, if Bud runs out of malt, then we can give, you, give them a show. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I don't think you'll see a dramatic difference. This will be like a, a more multi Budweiser. Yeah, I'm not sure this one's going to do so good. I don't know if I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the target is here because people already don't drink Bud because they think it makes them too full or something. Yep. So maybe this is a niche product. I don't know. I guess it is. I mean, I, I, I don't really know what they're going for. That's fine. Uh, maybe I'll try it sometime if they ever get it here in Vegas. Um. What else? Oh, Revolution bought their brewery. They were able to get out of the lease of their brewery, and they paid for the damn thing. So now they own the Kedzie Avenue Brewery. That Congrats. is their main barrel house. That was cool. Thank you, W2s, for posting that. Max Allotment, uh, drinking some more carton, drinking some Trident Hop uh, Hazy here from Carton in New Jersey. This looks good. Um, what do you say here? Odie McOatface is the name of it. Uh, so heavily oated, it has the nose of a milkshake IPA, even without any lactose. Fluffy mouthfeel with an interesting passion fruit cotton candy note. Not familiar with Trident hops. Um, I'm starting give to that see a, shot, a lot though. of hops that I'm not familiar with, which is an interesting yeah, thing. I like different hops that, that bring different things to the to the palate, even if they're flash in the pan hops. Like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll try it. Yeah. Uh, W2's drinking some St. Patrick's Day Grave Digger Billy. I think that's a scotch. It's a scotch ale, but close enough. Um, and then uh, Max was back drinking some Kolsch out of a nice stange here uh, in his house with uh, some, what's this called? Sh- shower Ale uh, from from Carton. Kolsch beer looks good. I, uh, I, shout out for that. I just have to dock him on one. Point, and this is yeah. a simple point. You've got to have a cardboard coaster under that thing. That's the only thing you're missing because, of course, oh, yeah. traditionally that's how they're served and, and your coaster is marked with how sure. many of those. How many you've had, yeah. had, yeah. Great colour on that thing, though. Really. Yeah, it looks colour. wonderful. That looks good. Um, What else we got? We got a lot of Discord shit, dude. It's crazy. So Grammar Purist, 11-course uh, fine dining menu with wine pairings at the KFC in Australia. Tony, how do we get somebody to go to this? Um, if only you knew somebody in Australia. That that would be my sort of thought. Mm. Um, but it is in Sydney. Um, and I think this oh, is... That's not of, anywhere near you. No. Uh, runs $75 per person, Australian dollar That's not bad. Uh, That's $53.90 USD. But... It yeah. includes tax, and it'll avail. It's only available April first to April third. Um, 
What are some of our menu items here? I'm not going to read the whole menu, I don't think. No. Well, let's see. Do we have I'm anything on here? just go through and... I don't know. We have... Uh, so here's our... This is from our friends at Newsweek. Okay. So the menu will include supercharged wings cooked over a bed of charcoal, popcorn chicken served with celery act soup, mushroom gnocchi and basil topped with an edible floral garnish, the Lottie Dodd drumstick will feature the KFC drumstick dusted with quinoa and gold. Yeah. Um, and British British chef Nellie Robinson is partnering with the restaurant to develop this. This uh, is a, all right. This is perfect for any business district anywhere in the world. This is perfect for a twenty-six-year-old man who has no actual taste but does a shit ton of cocaine and still loves his fast food. <laughs> this is who this market yeah. is for. This is what this menu was designed around. Uh, big pass from me. This sounds awful, but I do love myself some KFC. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm not a big KFC eater. I'm, I, you know, uh, as this show has Proven out. I'm 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 on the raisin cane fingies these days. Um, well, we, so I gotta live. I'm living big big fingy life over here. I I hundred percent agree. With you. KFC in Australia is slightly different. We've spoken about the chips, but we only use fresh chicken, refrigerated chicken, no frozen uh, yeah. chicken in our KFCs. So there's They're a slightly KFC, different yeah, standard in Australian KFCs. You guys are keeping it in the bright tank for a month before that, though. I already know it. <laughs> of course. A um, lot, of, lot of college basketball talk in the gambling discussion, as usual, and the Love This League discussion, all good. And I think that is about it. Tony, uh, why don't we hit the mail keg? <laughs> all right. We got some questions today. Uh, well, we got one last week. We got an answer. Uh Tony, do pigeons have feelings? This is from W. Tudes. Um, this is something I've thought long and hard about. Now, they are a sentient being that um, they're not a cockroach, they're not a fly, they're not a mosquito. They mm. do think, but they are the rats of the sky. So even if they do have feelings, I don't give a fuck. They are disease-carrying yeah, yeah. monsters. I say that they should take the place of greyhounds. If we're not going to race our dogs, we need to make pigeon racing a mainstream sport that we can gamble on. Um, no, sure. I do not care if they have feelings. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but I don't give a fuck after that long yeah, thought I'm process. Not- I think they're a little bit. I think if they do, they're kind of psychos because um, I I have seen them. I have I've last year in Vegas. I watched one get run over, and then I watched all of his buddies start eating at him. Uh, so I'm like, all right, it's not cool. What is your uh, thought on the pi- the pigeons? Do you care if they have feelings? Or do, do I you, care, or do you I mean, think I'm not they have kill feelings? a pigeon? I'm not going to like go serial killer style on a pigeon. Um, I think. I think they probably have. Uh, well, it depends on what feelings are. I think they can feel pain. I'm not sure that they're thinking complex. Like, I don't think they're thinking about their own death. How about that? I don't think they have. I don't think they're considering their life in the frame of the fact that it's going to end. How about? How about? Does that make sense? Fair enough. So, but that's maybe that's maybe what I'm what I'm thinking about. Um, 
Now, Corey asked if they have any feelings about the wacky beer trends. Uh, do you think uh, you think pigeons are interested in in hard seltzer or anything? Or uh, I think they like gloop. They like all that sugary stuff. That's I what I was about gloop, to say. I, I think they're big fans of sugar stout. I think they're big fans yeah. of gloop. I don't think they like the newer, lighter styles. Not huge no. fans of the new West Coast IPA thing. Um, and they enjoy a good macro, I'm guessing. All right, there you go, pigeons. Uh, I got another question from Mr. Tudes. Uh, what did you have for lunch today, Tony? You probably haven't had lunch yet. I, I have had lunch. That's why I was running late today. I We had stir fry last night and we had it with some white rice, so I used that white rice as a base to make egg fried rice. That yeah, sounds good. It, it was... I made fried rice yesterday. was outstanding, and the key is to use a lot of eggs and just a tiny bit of rice that you do put a great toast on and use some Japanese seasoning called furikake on top, which is yeah, sesame seeds yeah, and, and nori and uh, oh, all the all little the nori bits in there. Yep. Yep. Um, Tony, I had, to, I had to manifest some stuff out of the fridge today. Uh, I had, um, I had a, a, some, an Italian sausage uh, with... Um, some I made some air fried potato wedges, I, and I it was from you know it wasn't a freezer shit. It was I made I cut up my own wedges. Don't, don't do that to me. Just uh, uh, before you finish talking about what you had, I love the fucking air fryer. It is the best invention. Yeah, I ever. like it for that. It's it's good for for getting a crisp on those taters there. Yeah, it makes. I rinse I rinse them off and dry them off and and put a little splash of oil and I dump some of that. Frank's Buffalo Ranch seasoning on there. Now that shit's good right there. Yep. Because what an air fryer really is is a supercharged oven, and it's the best. Yeah, that's that, it, yeah. that fan it's blowing through does does the best job. It's killer. Love it. It's good. Yep, had the Italian sausage. I had to get rid of some leftover cabbage. It was like a Napa cabbage salad. So I actually just sautéed it a little bit, got it like a little, and got a little like, not kraut like, but a little bit like that, where it's a little like wilted, you know. Yeah. Real quick in the pan, a little salty, a little, little wilted. And I put that on top of half of a Taiwanese scallion pancake because I had one, <laughs> and I didn't fold it up. I just ate it open faced, but it all tasted really good together. Had the Italian sausage with the scallion pancake, and um, uh, some cabbage all on the same thing. You know, it was pretty good. And then had a little wedges uh, that we snacked on. So. Just a uh, nice little, nice little lunch. You got to sometimes you got to get you got that shit in the fridge. You just got to like make it go away into some kind of dish, and that's mostly what I did today. Um, all right, Max is back with a question. He was drinking this Kolsch. Uh, is it possible to write a beer review for a well-made Kolsch without using the word clean? Yes, it is because you can okay. substitute the word clean for other things. Crisp it is a crisp. Um, but I get what Tidy. you're saying. It, it's the problem, I think, that Griff and I have in scoring a beer like a Kolsch or a, a well-made lager is there are only so many things you can say about it. It's where words fail us in right. the fact that there is a dis- difference between yeah. all these things, but crisp covers a spectrum and a badly made Kolsch is not crisp. So you have to put in the word crisp or clean in there somewhere. And I think that's where a lot of beer reviews that are verbose 
really fall down because you're only repeating the same sentiments over yeah. and over again to fill out a page. You don't find that it's just clean cleanliness. It, it, the the loggers I don't like tend to have more of the taste that I would describe as flabby. Um, yep. and I'm not sure whatever the opposite of that is. Maybe crisp is a better word for that, but crisp or clean. Like it to be a little bit tight. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, well organized lager. You're at Kolsch. And Tony, last thing here that I want to cover. PMAC posted oh, no. this. We got a Dan Murphy's bar. Dan Murphy's is opening its first bar. It's going to be a standalone outfit, fully fitted out bar, which will serve zero alcohol drinks in the Melbourne suburb of Hampton. Tony, you going to the this? You going to the booze bar? Oh God! Oh, we had a few connection issues. I am not going to this. Uh, venue. I think Hampton is one of the handful of Melbourne suburbs that is dry, but mm. I will be taking a hard pass on this. Even if Dan Murphy's were doing a standalone bar, I find that the beers that they have are not, um, for the most part, on the exciting end of the Australian craft market. Mm. Are there things that I go in and buy? Sure. Um, but they're not the most exciting things that, that I search out. You certainly won't get mountain culture at my local Dan Murphy's. And even the exciting breweries that do stock there tends to be their core range that is unexciting and unexpiring. A good example sure. of that is Stomping Ground, where their core range is completely uninspiring, yet the beers that they serve um, at their tap room are um, outstanding and, and innovative for lack of a better term. So hard pass, even if it was alcoholic, super hard pass, actually going to take time to avoid this um, because I think it's a terrible idea um, by a supermarket chain that doesn't really know what they're doing with their beer brand. So, yeah, hard pass. All right. Well... Uh, there is, I believe, a hard seltzer bar has opened here, but I don't. We don't have any zero alcohol ones yet, so we'll have to keep an eye for that. Uh, all right, Tony, uh, gang, if you guys want to get in on the Discord and all that fun we just had, you can. Or, uh, just drop us a note on Instagram uh, or send us an email. Uh, our Instagram is at beerenginepod. Our email is beerengineshow at gmail dot com, and we'll hit you with the link, and you can get in there. Um, Tony, why don't we do a quick hyper beer nerd dork shit news? Let's do that if I can find it on my soundboard. All right, first thing. I haven't talked about this in a while. Um, so Stone, Stone Brewing and their buddies over at Miller Coors who have the Keystone brand have gone to their trial that they hinted at many years ago. Um, this was in result or in... in um, uh, this is because of Keystone Light changing their new their cans to these cans that look that just say stone on them. I don't know if you remember this, Tony. Um, no. But they they uh, they went from these. It, it's at the link that I dropped. Yeah, in the yeah, dock, I can see it now. But they I went from remember. these right these the cans that I remember from college, which are the Keystone Light cans with the mountain in the background, to these blue cans with just stone written across the. Uh, the front there. So 
Stone has been trying to sue them. Uh, they were, I assume they were maybe hoping they would settle, maybe not. And now they're at a goddamn trial or whatever this is, whatever you call it. Um, in, they're, they're, they're with a judge in on LMs and the attorneys and stuff. So, um, what happened today? So, uh, uh, somebody at Miller Coors, uh, has been arguing that, that the word stone has actually dated back to, uh, using the word stone, the sale of Keystone, uh, dates all the way back to before stone was ever founded. Um, now there's, I'm not going to read this whole argument or whatever, but this trial is very silly to me. Um, and I'm what I, what I've, I've heard, I've heard tell that stone brewing is putting a lot of money into this and that maybe if you like stone brewing should give you a bit of anxiety that this goes, if this goes haywire. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not actually going to delve into whether this will be successful, but on the face of it, it seems like a valid complaint. And here's mm -hmm. the way I look at it. Does this can cause confusion over which brewery has actually made this beverage? And simply, you could quite easily, with a new can, think that yeah. this came from Stone Brewing. So I think so. I think you you could, right? I mean... Yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty wild. I, I thought I, I saw that can, I was like, that's crazy, you know. Um but yeah, no, I, I think you definitely could could figure that out. Um I don't really know if this is gonna be successful or not. You know, Miller Coors has some big time lawyers, but Stone's got money too, so um I don't really give a shit. I mean I I guess I fuck Keystone, you know, I don't like it. So I don't care, you know. I don't really want Keystone to win, but um it is pretty. It is pretty funny. Um, the rest of the news I got for you, Tony, is actually here in Vegas. Um, so we have a local brewery, Tony, called Bad Beat. I don't know if I've ever talked about them on this show. No, they're only a, only a few minutes away from my house. They're a small little brewery that opened maybe five years ago or so. They're okay, uh, and you know I'm not going to say anything bad about them. I don't drink really any of their beer, but that's okay. Well, guess what? They're not worried about beer anymore because they're making bad beat NFTs, baby. Um, if you check them out on their Instagram, and I can post this uh, in the Discord, but they uh, they are very excited to be offering their NFTs with real-world rewards. They're having an official launch, Tony, on Saturday. Um, Yay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, these are ugly. They look like shit. They're cats. It's a cat. Sort of has a cool cat vibe about them. Um, we got a cat poker player. We got a cat, uh, sort of a frat boy look. I got a cat doing a keg stand and a sort of buff cat lifting some weights, maybe. Um, I fucking and, hate NFTs. Uh, NFTs. He's fucking stupid, dude. Uh, the As worst. a bad beat. I mean, listen, who? If you're a brewery, and I maybe I, I get that every bad every. Well, okay, there are two things about this. So, number one, why? You know, you look. You're bad beat brewing. You make maybe a couple drinkable beers. <laughs> um, and you're looking around at the beer world, and you're seeing 
I mean, hell, even here, Abel Baker and Craft House and Astronomy making pretty consistently clean, good beer. Or you're looking in the wider West Coast and you're seeing, you know, all these breweries crushing West Coast IPA and making barrel-aged beer and making farmhouse beer and making all this good lager. And what's the first thing that comes to your head? Not, I need to, we need to get our shit together. You know, we got to get, we got to start nailing some stuff. It's, you know, we should do some NFTs. Yeah, let's Gary Vaynerchuk this shit. Let's get an let's ugly cat picture. Uh, and then, so this is my favorite part. On the post, they so they so here's the rewards you get with buying an NFT from them. Okay, a pint a pint a day for life, a yearly keg party. You get tasters of every new beer. Wow, a taster, and then Ooh. NFT days with draft discounts monthly. Oh wow. And then after that, dude, it is a, they wrote out the 10 steps it takes to buy your NFT. 10 steps. (laughs) 10. Step one, download MetaMask and set up your account. Step two, while in the MetaMask app, click the three lines in the top left corner. They didn't know hamburger menu and they have an NFT. Uh, Step three, click on the browser. Step four, type in badbeatnft.com. This only works in the MetaMask browser. Step five, verify you're not a robot and connect your MetaMask wallet. (laughs) Step six, choose which NFT you wish to purchase. Step seven, go back and buy Ethereum into your MetaMask wallet based on what (laughs) NFT you want to purchase. You can use a debit or credit card for this. Make sure you add enough money for fees. This may take up to 30 minutes to load money. Step eight, go back to the NFT and purchase with your Ethereum. Step nine, click inventory in your wallet NFTs and see your bad beat NFT appear. Step 10, show this to your bad beat beer tender to receive your rewards. Dude. <laughs> Bro, you know how easy it is for me to buy a beer? I can go over there with a, a, a $5 bill and I receive one pint a day for life if I want to. <laughs> I can do that every day. Oh, my God. This is some bullshit. (laughs) The only thing worse than an NFT is an NFT with real world rewards that aren't really rewards. It's like Gary Vaynerchuk is opening up an NFT only restaurant. And does your NFT, NFT pay for food? No, it just gives you access to the restaurant. You still have to pay for food. Access to food. Dude. If the NFT costs, all right, so I could get a beer, a pint a day for life. Let's see, how long am I going to live? Six to eight weeks. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So I don't think this is for me already. But, um, I mean, maybe, I don't know, what's this thing going to cost? 0.1 Ethereum, that's like $29. And you're going to give somebody a pint a day for life? All right, whatever. What's beer cost out of the tank? 20 cents, you know, fine. Whatever. Fucking stupid guys. You need to focus on your beer. You need to make better beer because the beer you make right now isn't very good. So you need to get out of this. All right. Next up in Vegas. How about this? Um, man awarded $8 million after being served chemicals instead of beer at Henderson bar. Tony. I, I did write this after you posted it. Um, I think he's well deserved the money. Like, yeah, jury awarded eight million last week to a Clark County man who was served a chemical cleaning compound instead of beer 
at Tony at a place that I have been a couple of times, Barley's Casino and Brewing Company on Sunset Road in Henderson uh, on December 18th, 2018. All right, so I've, I'm a few years out from this. Yeah, I'm you know, sure Wright ingested a sample of honey blonde ale that contained a dangerous chemical cleaning solution. It contained potassium hydroxide and nonylphenol polyethylene glycol ether which are chemicals used in cleaning systems for bar taps, tanks, and lines. Now, there's two things that surprise me about this. One, that they did this, and two, that they're cleaning the lines. All right, do, guys. Do you think they should be awarded the $8 million because they've cleaned the lines? Um, by... I, think, I, think, <laughs> I think they're getting awarded $8 million often because people gamble there. I mean, whatever. Uh, He experienced a sudden and intense burning in his mouth on his tongue and down his esophagus into his stomach. That's nasty. And he was convulsing, hyperventilating, and violently vomiting. Mm. Yeah, that's the part where I think you probably deserve $8 million. How do you not have the processes in place to make sure that you were cleaning the right lines and every line was flushed? Like, this is basic, like commercial principles you have these protocols in place i know people get sloppy but the staff was supposed to know that the lines were out of service for cleaning um you gotta you gotta figure out a better way to manage your your line your beer lines yeah you can't say to somebody oh that that beer line's out you've got to have a system in place where take the fucking usually they'll take the fucking taps off yeah and they, they, they're flushed separately, the taps and the lines. Yeah. Bro, that sucks. All right. Well, Barley's the beer. I was joking that if he, if they had actually served him the beer, they might have had to give him $12 million. <laughs> That shit's nasty. <laughs> not, not excellent. Um, yeah, that's tough. Uh, so Barley's, Bad Beat, you guys are on the shit list. Not that I'm ever going to those places anyways because I just go to – I pretty much just go to Astronomy, Craft House, and Abel Baker. So. If those places can manage not to poison me or try to squeeze fucking cryptocurrency out of me, I will be happy. Uh, Tony, we got a big game today. That's I think that's enough news. We got to move on to okay. a big a big game today. It's gonna it's gonna be this is gonna be a long one. So <laughs> buckle in, gang. Uh, it's time for a round of untrapped madness. Tony, it's time for the untrapped bracket. We are doing bracket style untrapped, untrapped madness. This is a big one, Tony. Uh, 64 beers. And we're going to, it's not that many. Plus no, we're playing. only doing 68. Six, we're doing 16, uh, oh, 16 sweet. beers. Maybe, maybe we will do this for the next, uh, next few episodes because then we could do a different brackets for each type. I see. Now I'm thinking, um, but these ones are all IPAs, Tony, and these are beers you're gonna know, you're gonna love, maybe if you've had them. But these are all of some of your favorite clear style IPAs. Oh, clear style, non-hazy IPAs. Yeah, I thought including hazies would introduce a whole other kind of 
yeah. order of magnitude to this. Um, so I've got them seated. So here's how I did this, Tony, and here's how we're going to do this. We're going to go around at a time. Okay. I am not going to tell you the untapped scores, and I am not going to tell you the winners of each round until the end of the round. And we'll start over, and I'm going to award you a point for every first round win, two points for every second round win you get, four for every third round, and eight for the final. And if you can get to, well, what's our total available points? Eight, uh, eight. Oh, yeah, it's eight in every round. So if you can get to... Sixteen? Sixteen, no, because it's worth 64 total points, Tony. <laughs> it was worth a try. Uh, you need to get to, we're going to say you need to get to at least 32. 32 and a half is a win, so 33. Yeah, 32 and a half. Yeah, let's go with that. 32 and a half is the winner. we got to get you above there. You're in the well till then. Okay. Um, and we're going to figure this out a little bit as we go. Um, but I cannot, I am not going to be telling you the numbers of the winners, uh, uh, because then that will fuck it up real bad. So that's the one thing we're not going to do. Uh, all right. First one. So I seeded these. I don't know the ratings. Okay. That's what I'll tell you. I seeded these without looking up the untapped ratings. I took my best guess, my best guess at both the rating and I kind of included my own sort of personal opinions on these beers. Gotcha. Um, so I just sort of seeded it because I looked at him. I was like, that seems about right, you know. Um, so the first round, Tony, it's the number one seed. It's the Russian River Blind Pig IPA and number 16, Lagunitas IPA. Okay. Now I just have to say which one's the winner, correct? Or do I have to give a score? You just have to say which one is the winner. <sighs> Give me... And I'm not telling you till the end of the round. The so number one seed in on. that case, Blind Pig. He's taking the Russian River to win in the first round over Lagunitas. All that right. one has such sort of a place in people's hearts that I think even any re-releases of that and any sort of sure. ratings that are done, thinking about that, are done more fondly than anything with recency bias. So that's why I'm picking that. Let's move on. This is the eight nine. The eight nine game. This okay, is always a tight tougher. one. No different here. The eight nine eight seed Stone IPA. The nine seed Cigar City High Lie. Cigar City High Lie. He's that's got High Lie. All right. Oh, the Stones wow. are a fine right. beer, but I, I, that's Cigar City. I've I've had that, and that was yeah, that was all right. All right. Really good right. for the style. We're we're gonna go with it. So he's going with High Lie. Got Blind Pig. He's got High Lie. Next up is the 512. This is always a big upset opportunity it in, is. in the college ball area. Uh, this is Boneyard. So these are these are in, in two in the, in a new house. These two live together these days. It's the five seed Boneyard RPM IPA, uh, which I am drinking right now. In fact, wow. this beer right here, and the 12 seed Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA. Oh, we're talking old school with the shoots. I like fresh squeezed. I do. I give me the fresh squeezed. Give me the upset. Man. He's going with. He's going with the upset. Fresh squeezed. Wow. These guys live together these days because the shoots bought Boneyard, which is crazy. 
All right, next up, here's a 413. These are two classics, two old classics. Alpine Duet, Ooh, number yep. four, and 13 Dogfish Head 60-Minute IPA. No, I can't rate Dogfish Head 60-Minute. I, I, it's a fine beer, but people have opinions about Dogfish Head for good reason. Uh, give me give me the Alpine, or Alpine as the French car, uh, car manufacturer Alpine. wants to be known as. Alpine, yet they spell it exactly the same way. No umlaut, no nothing over the e. So he's got he's got the uh, he's got the duet there. Okay. Next up, this is the three seed. This is the three seed Bell's Two Hearted Ale Midwestern (sighs) battle here. Yep, Bell's Two Hearted Ale and the fourteen seed Revolution Antihero. Now, I know which one's going to have more check-ins here. Hmm. You see, I want to pick the higher seed because much like you, I am of the same opinion, but I think Bell's is chronically underrated. It's a fucking delicious beer. I'm going to go with the upset here. I think there's some personal bias in your rankings. I think the seeding, even if I was to reseed them, I think would be much closer. Give me the upset in that one you're taking you're taking anti-hero I you're am taking, taking revolution over too hearted that's a big one all right that's like st peter's beating kentucky style right there okay all right yeah i know all right big deal okay so anti-hero is through in tony's bracket we'll see how he did here as we wrap up the round round one next up is uh, this is an interesting one. You probably haven't had these beers. This is the number six seed Pizza Port Swami's IPA and the number 11 Bear Republic Racer 5, a favorite of mine from back in the day. I haven't had this beer in a minute, this is, but I, I used to really love matchup. this beer. This from is a tough one. These 6-11 games can be a little tricky, dude. I was, was going to call this an easy win, and then with the beer that you put it up against... But I've still got to stand from everything you've told me, Pizza Port, Swami's, as as the winner of that one. All right, he's taking Swami's. Like that is the tightest out of any of the matchups. Forget that, about the I seed think that's numbers. The I think that's a tricky one, yeah. The more I look, it's Racer 5 is one of those ones that you would have underrated too, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, next, next, next two are with some big heavy hitters, breweries here. Next, uh, this is the seven-seed. Sculpin, Ballast Point, and the 10 seed, Firestone Walker, Union Jack. Give me the Union Jack. It's a better beer. I've had both of these. Uh, Sculpin is knocked down because there are so many varieties and it is so available, at least here in Australia. Um, Yeah, give me me the more honed Mm. beer out of the two. He takes Union Jack. Just writing these down. And then this is the last one. This is the two seed Alpha King, three Floyds, and the 15 seed uh, Port Wipeout IPA. But give me the two seed. Old school San Diego yeah. IPA in there. Yep. I just don't think he's going with. Right. You're going with Alpha King? Yep. All right. Yep, I am. All right. All right. So, as a reminder, Tony, this is the hardest round to keep track of. It's the first yeah. round. Tony has Blind Pig, High Lie, Fresh Squeezed, 
Alpine duet, anti-hero, the 14 seed, Racer 5, the 11 seed, Union Jack, no, uh, the 10 seed, oh, yeah. and and Alpha King, the 2 seed. Do I have Racer 5? Who was in that matchup? Oh, sorry. You took Swamis. My yeah. bad. You, you took Swamis. <laughs> okay, he took Swamis. That's right. I just wrote down the wrong thing. All right. So, Tony, you are going to get out of that round... You will get one, two. Okay, so I'll just go down the list. So Blind Pig and Lagunitas IPA, the winner is Blind Pig. Yep. And okay. Lagunitas bows out with a score of, uh, what do we got? 3.72. They're out of here. Yep. 3.72. Could not cut it against Blind Pig. You chose Hyalai over Stone IPA. Yep. That was correct. Stone IPA is out. They are out of here with a 3.77 for Stone IPA. You chose Fresh Squeezed over RPM, the 12 seed, to beat uh, the 5, and that was incorrect. Uh, Fresh Squeezed, a good score, though, is out of here, 3.91 for Fresh Squeezed. I'm I'm happy with the, 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 that went the way it did. That's fine. I can deal with that. Worth a shot. You can you, you can live with that. That's that's pretty good. That was a good guess. Next one, you had Alpine Duet over sixty minute IPA. Uh, that was correct. Sixty minute is out with a higher rating than I would have expected. Three point eight five. Wow, for sixty minute. You chose Antihero over the three seed two hearted. Uh, yep. That was incorrect. Oh. Two-Hearted is through. Antihero is out with a 3.83 for Antihero. Okay, I took a shot. Worth it. You went with Swamis over Racer 5. The 6 seed. This was probably the closest one. Uh, and I actually think that's true. It was the closest one. Swamis is out. You were uh, incorrect here. Swamis is out with a 3.84. So what have you gotten wrong? You got Antihero wrong. You got Swamis wrong. You got Fresh Squeezed wrong. You chose Union Jack over Sculpin. Union Jack uh, is out. Union Jack is out. 3.81 for Union Jack. They are out of here. Sculpin goes through. And you chose Alpha King over the Wipeout IPA. That was correct. Wipeout IPA is gone 3.74, which actually might be the lowest of the round, right? Uh, or is it? Yeah. Lagunitas is actually Loganitis. probably the lowest, 3.72. Yep. So, Tony, that gives you one, two, three, four for the first round. Yep. All right, four singles. All right, so we're going. This is the next round worth two points. Yep. Your matchups. All right. It's the number one seed, Blind Pig, versus the number... So I get... So don't tell me, by the way, fans, that I'm doing this different than the way you do a bracket. We're doing this the fun way, I guess. (laughs) It's Because if Tony guessed the whole thing and then we had to rate it, it would be just Tony talking for 10 minutes and then me talking for 10 minutes. And that'd be stupid. Yep. Now it's just me talking for 20 minutes, which is what we really want. This is true. Uh, All right, Tony. Number one seed, Blind Pig. Number nine seed, High Lie. (sighs) 
Give me the Tony. knockout highlight. They're not going through. He's out. Highlight's out. So Blind Pig is through. Yeah, Blind, Blind Pig continue to crush their way through the bracket. Uh, here's a close one. Four seed Duet Alpine, five seed RPM IPA. I'm going to go with the five seed in this one. You're uh, taking RPM. Yeah. Um, I know Alpine Duet was um, a hugely rated beer, but that shine came off that brewery in a hurry from what I remember. Um, yeah, I stick with that. IPM is through. Yep. Three seed, two-hearted ale, 11 seed, racer five. Oh, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go with two-hearted. I I know I didn't take them in the first round, but just because of that, I've actually reassessed, and I think there is love for two-hearted everywhere, not just in Griff's heart. Not just in my heart, in somebody else's heart. That's the two hearts. And they beat strong. All right, Tony. I had to take a sip of my RPM to celebrate their, their, you're picking them to go through. And the last one here in the second round, Alpha King. This is a good kind of you know, West Coast, uh, Midwest battle. Alpha King, number two, Sculpin, number seven. Alpha King going through. I don't rate. I, I rate Skelton, but not in, in not in these beers. Oh boy, Tony! Uh, yes, okay. So he rates Alpha King going through, which means I have to I have to do a little bit of just do the recap do of, of the beers that I chose. Let's make sure that you you're getting the right. I got to do a little just got to do a little analysis here. All right. Um, so Tony, what beers you did I chose? Choose? Yep. You chose Blind Pig, yes. you chose RPM, you chose Two-Hearted Ale, and you chose Alpha King. Yes. I ran, I ran myself into a little issue here, so we're, we're going to solve this problem. <laughs> uh, all right. In the battle between Blind Pig and High Lie, you chose Blind Pig. That was correct. Uh, High Lie is out. High Lie has a rating of 3.94. So, so okay. long to them. Good good performance. Adios, motherfuckers. In the, in the battle between RPM and Duet, you chose RPM. Yep. Uh, that was... Correct. Also correct. Yes. Duet leaves the game with a 3.96 rating. Ooh, you chose Two-Hearted Ale uh, over Racer 5. Yes. Uh, and that was also correct. Racer 5 exits with a 3.85. Okay. And you chose Alpha King over Ballast Point Sculpin. Yes. And on the basis of tiebreakers... The winner okay. is Ballast Point Sculpin over Alpha King. Oh, and I will explain my reasoning. Don't give me uh, a score though; if they, it's a tiebreak, so don't give me a score. They have a they have the same rating. Yep. 
Uh, Alpha King has 153,000 check-ins, and Sculpin has 413,000 check-ins. That's a fair tiebreaker. The same rating. So I think that's the reasonable tiebreaker for those beers. Okay. So we are left with, Tony, let's, let's get a feel from you here. You're left with a final four of Blind Pig, RPM, Two-Hearted, and Sculpin. Who's going to win this thing? Um, my, my thought is still Blind Pig is, is one of those perennial. I think they're like, they are Gonzaga before this bracket started. That's, right. that's currently where I have them. Um, so right so, now you have... Two, two, two. You have ten points. Okay, but these are the you're going to need. You're going to need something out of these, right here. But do I only have ten points? I thought I would have got more points that round. There you go. So it was one for each of these. That's eight. Two for each of these. Oh no, I didn't do the math right. Uh, you only need to get 16, Tony. <laughs> right? Isn't that right? Because <laughs> it's worth 32 total. I was 16 and a half is the number you have yeah, to clear. Okay. I didn't do the math right. I didn't do no math so I good. Thought, how can I be so far away from my number? I crushed it last round. I only got one, <laughs> right, one yeah, wrong, and that was four. a tiebreaker. Doi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you had to get 16 and a half. Okay. That's fine. Grammar, not, grammar purist, don't tell me how bad my He's math is. He's not a math All Nazi. Right. You're fine. Just a grim appearance. All right, here's your next, your your last, okay. your second to last round. You know what I say we do, Tony? As we sort this out, we'll we'll get better at this. Maybe we'll do another one of these next week. We'll do like a whole okay bracket. Of these. Are you going to reseed them? No, I think you should do the final four and the final in one go. Ooh, okay. Don't reset. Okay. All right, I'll, don't I'll reset, be... and then we just do these last yeah. two rounds together. Let's All rock right? and roll. It's... All right, so first game. It's number one, Blind Pig, number five, RPM IPA. Blind Pig, going through. Um, it's Blind Pig's through. I, I, right. I, they're a championship favourite, but I'm not sure whether they'll win the favourite, win the championship, but I have to put them through at this stage. Um, as good as the beer that you're currently drinking is, yeah, I just have to go with, with what my heart says and what, what the it. crowd yep. says. All right, next one up. Yep. This is a this is a good one. Good good another one. West Coast Midwest. Uh, it's the three seed two hearted ale and the seven seed Sculpin. I've underrated Sculpin all the way through, and I'm going to continue to do it two hearted for me. I underrated them in the first round, but they played great ball. Their defense looks great. Uh, they're moving <laughs> the, they're strong. They're moving the beer well. Uh, it's not sticking. The, they're, they're playing that tapper game real good. All right. All right. We're in the final. Blind Pig and Sculpins, Tony. Who you got? I've got not a massive upset. Number three seed. Getting through for the win in a boil over. I think too hearted because it's more available today on a more consistent basis is the beer that Everybody actually wants. The more I've thought about it, it's not just in Groove's heart. It's not just in one other person's heart. It's in everybody's heart, not just two hearts. I thought you We're, picked Sculp in the last round. Uh, you picked Two-Hearted? <laughs> Two-Hearted wouldn't be through. You have Blind Pig versus Sculpin would be your Yeah, final. I didn't pick Sculpin. 
Sorry. Oh, you picked two-hearted. I picked two-hearted. As I said to okay. you. All um, right. So I, you got I, blind I, pig and two-hearted. Sorry. Yeah. Because I, I said I underrated Sculpin the whole way through the competition and I'm going okay. to continue to do that. Oh, okay. It has sure. to be yep. two-hearted. So for me, two-hearted, get the win in the championship game, not massive outside right. favourites, but the not, not the number one seed. All right, Tony, let's look at it. So now we can give you, now I will give you the final rating. So you chose Blind Pig over RPM, you chose Two-Hearted over Sculpin, and you chose Blind Pig over, I'm sorry, you chose Two-Hearted over Blind Pig in the final. Yes. So Blind Pig took out RPM IPA. That was correct. You have Blind Pig right. RPM is out of here. 3.97 for RPM. They're getting high in these ratings. You had Two-Hearted beating Sculpin. Two-Hearted has a rating of 3.95. Sculpin has a rating of 3.96. Fuck me. I'm fucked. And Sculpin is through. I can't win. And in the final, can't win. Sculpin headed out with their 3.96 because Blind Pig uh, took took the whole thing with a rating of 4.16, the highest of course it by a mile. Uh, so my seeding my seating guesses were correct on that one. I had Blind Pig. It was like, oh, people are going to like that. And uh, it looks like they took care of business. The second highest rated beer on this list is, um, I think it honestly might be, RPM. Okay. Yep. Right. I I think it's RPM. But I think so. Those were the two highest. Those were the two highest that faced off against because they just faced off against each other in this in the second to last. But uh, yes, Blind Pig is through. You end up with a total of four, six. Yeah, that gives you fourteen, Tony. So you didn't quite make it out of the well this round. Looks like you're stuck down there. Until everybody hates us for doing this for a second time, maybe next week, if I, I can muster up the, the skill to do it. I, I know other people may hate it, but I quite frankly loved it. I thought it was a great change of pace, and I think we should do it every March going forward. Um, what is our next category going to be? Are we going to go the other side of the IPA coin or are we going to go see i want to stick with beers that are going to have this because then the problem is when you when you pull in new england ipa you introduce i mean those beers get rated like four and a half you know it's just like whatever the new england ipa would just win you know what i mean you really can't even compare the rating oh in the championship the game. so i think you, yeah. yeah i think you'd have to stick with beers that are going to fit into these types of areas like of rating so i, I would even consider like uh American stout, like average, like, like, like more beers that are in the straightforward, uh, rating style. I don't know. You know what I mean? I, you can't do lager and you can't do, you can't do fucking, um, Look, we'll talk about hazy it. IPA, right? It's tricky. I, I think we talk about it off air, but I think we then give, um, maybe we, we give each of them an offset. Maybe. We minus. Oh, we do like a handicap. Yeah. yeah sure. A handicap right. the, yeah. the, the, the the championship complete bracket, like just have each bracket compete against itself. But when it comes to the the final, the final final four, 
Yeah, we do like rating it again for yeah. style or something like that. We come up with some other number. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right, that's fine. Okay, Tony, let's try. We'll try it again next week. Um, but that's the end of uh, the game, and that's just about the end of the show. So, if you would like to tell people. Maybe right where they could find us on Untapped or something. Yeah, you can find us on Untapped. Where Griff will definitely be rating one of these beers on his un, on a on his Untapped, um, That's and right. that is uh, Griff AD on Untapped. I have just rated Timothy Timothy Slam my beer mm-hmm. of the week. So no, we didn't even do beer of the week and lager of the yeah. week. I totally forgot it. Oh well. Blink, blink, blink. Very quickly, Moondog, they put it out every year. Uh, this is a caram- caramel version of their Timothy Timothy Slam. Uh, mm. It's a caramel chocolate biscuit milk, milk stout. Super sweet. Love it. Griff, what's your beer of the week? Uh, I drank uh, Schlenkerla Meritzen beer out of a wooden barrel at Silver Stamp. It fucking rocked. Uh, and, anyone should do that if you can do it. Yeah, and Griff would have checked that in on his untapped. He's Griff AD. I'm St. Moore's on Untapped. If you have complaints about the show, go and get fucked. It's free. All you have to do is hit the pause <laughs> or button. Or our Discord and post them, all right? <laughs> That's what other people do, and you can get on our Discord. Send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. Send us a note on Instagram, beerenginepod is our Instagram. And you can come and post your complaints uh, directly on here or not, or just hang out. Or if you really want to. stuff like our friends do. Or if you really want to complain to us, go to ko-fi.com slash beer engine podcast, donate to us, and then complain. That's what we want yeah, to give actually us get from dollars. It'll soften the blow, bro. Yeah. That'll be great. Uh, you know, you got to join the Discord. We had a bracket contest going. I actually sh- I have not updated the leaderboard. Uh, I will do that on the next episode. We can we can touch base before the final four as to who's who's going to win this thing. I think I'm um, down the well, well there. That's for sure. Yeah, I think we're I think we're all down the well. All right, gang. Uh, another another uh, bomb ass show. Uh, I guess. All right, maybe back next week. See y'all later. Bye.